Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning, Church for All Nations. It's so good to see everybody today on this beautiful August Sunday. A little cloudy, but it's kind of cool outside, right? I kind of like that. My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson. I'm just so honored to be a part of this phenomenal team here. And once again, if you're brand new, we want to say welcome wherever you're at on your journey of faith. Man, this is, this is a place that you can, you can be, and we hope that you feel the love of Jesus in this room. This is a Jesus place. We love Jesus and everything that he's done in our lives. And so I hope you feel the love in the house today. We're so happy that you're here. Hey, we're continuing our series today uh, entitled Heroes of the Faith. We started last week, this brand new series, and I'm already loving it. Last week was an awesome kickoff. Um, And really, this series comes out of the book of Hebrews, specifically chapter 11 and chapter 12. Uh, Many theologians consider chapter 11 to really be the hall of fame of faith, meaning there's this list of biblical characters in chapter 11 that many Theologians also believe that the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews, but there's this list of like biblical characters that we consider the heroes of the faith. I mean, yesterday, any Seattle Mariner, I know we're having a bad year, but any Mariner fans, I mean, I, I, I am. It was pretty cool seeing Edgar Martinez. Finally, he's going into the HOF, you know what I mean? And it was pretty cool, and I, and I love sports, and this is kind of like that, but way better, okay? Um, and, and so Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 12 kind of lay out these heroes, and we talked about it last week too. Um, the original ancient manuscripts didn't have chapters and verses. Uh, it was just an ongoing, either a, a, a letter from top to bottom, or it was all one piece of, of content. We added not we, not me, the, the theologians before us added the chapters and the verses so we could maneuver our way through the scriptures. And so chapter 11 into 12 is just kind of this run on. And, and we're going to be looking at that today. And I, I want to look at our anchor verse, our, our anchor text, our anchor scripture that really holds uh, this entire series together. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through two. If you have your, script, your, your Bibles, you can look at that. Or of course, we have the Bible in the sky too. Just look up and there it is. All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Well, why is that? Well, because this race is hard. All right. And let us run with perseverance, meaning let us keep going. Let us hang in there. Let's keep pushing forward. Don't quit. So, 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 so Paul says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. So the Bible refers to this life that we're living right now as a race. So whether you like it or not, you're in the game. And I don't know if you've ever imagined being in a game before, but if you're like me, you kind of imagine it all the time. In fact, I, this started for me as a, like a, a little guy, a little kid. I was, and I still am, I'm just going to be honest, obsessed with Michael Jordan. Anyone can relate to that? 
Like, like when I was growing up, my friend Blue, I mean, I'm telling you, I was upset. I mean, he, there was like Jesus, and then there was like, like Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, he, I mean, it was just right there. You know, I can remember I had this poster over my bed for like years. Um, and it was, the, the, the picture was entitled Wings. And it was this picture, black and white. It was like, like the actual human size of his wingspan. And he's like holding a basketball here and his other hand. And he's just like, like this, right? He just kind of like watched over me at night. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> over my bed. And I would, I would look up and I would just kind of randomly say, I love you, Michael Jordan, you know? And, and he would just be like, you know, some, do you remember that poster? Just like this. And, and I can remember, oh, that's so awesome. I, just, I, I, I love that dude. You know what I mean? And, and, and so for me, everything was always like competition, always a game. I was a, an athlete you know, C plus athlete. Okay. But I just love sports and everything was like three, you know, last second shots. And, you know, like you ever like throw the, the, the weight, the paper in the waste basket, you know what I mean? Like three, two, you'd just like take a shot. I can remember like being like, you know, 12 and like stiff arming my mom in the kitchen, like with like a, like a piece of trash and like three and I'd, I'd, I'd lean her back. Like, like, you know, this, and like, two, one, like right over my mom's, you know, she's like, what are you doing? Stop. You know? And I'm like, I just love the, you know, and, and, and so I just love it. And I was always about that. And, and that's, that's kind of what Paul is referring to here, that the life that we live is kind of like a game. We're like in this race. And he says, because the race is so hard, you got to keep going. And then he goes on to talk about, we just read it, this like heavenly grandstand. The, the, these, these witnesses, these saints that have gone on before us. We, we read about these saints in the scriptures, but I also, this is just me. You can push back if you like. I just believe like some of the saints that you personally know that went on and is in heaven is, is, is part of this grandstand to cheering you on. Come on, JF, keep going. We're with you. We're there for you. In fact, my dad, I'm excited. My dad's gonna be here sometime in the fall and, and we're gonna have a series uh, dealing with this this. Uh, one of our values talks about honor, and my dad's written a book on honor, and he's going to come share that with us uh, in, in the fall. So I'm excited. One thing you need to know about my dad, he's like always at an 11 on, on, the, on the 1 to 10 scale. I mean, just like, I mean, he's like, just let, let's just have a nice dinner tonight. You know, he wants to have a party like every single night. He, just how he is. He just loves it. And, and he just, oh, he just, I'm like, you got to calm down a little bit, dad. You know, he's just always amped up and yeah, and he, he's just a Jesus freak, man. And uh, I can remember growing up, my dad, he, his, his occupation, uh, he was called what they call an evangelist. All right. Now, what that is, is it's someone that travels around and, and like just preaches the gospel and everybody gets saved. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay. So this is what my dad did for 18 years. And he was gone a lot on the road. We lived here in Tacoma, but he was out on the road. Just, and so you can imagine night in and night out, like, come to Jesus. I mean, you do that for 18 years, like, you know, five nights a week. You just kind of are always like that. So I can remember him coming home and, and I'd be playing my like little league basketball game or something at the YMCA. And, you know, I'm like nine, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'd just be playing decently. And then all of a sudden I'd hear from the grandstand, my psychotic father, Screw, you know, I'm maybe you had a mom or a dad like that or a grandpa like, JF! You know, just like, there's a few times, Blue can tell you, like he was ushered out of, of the gym by like security because he would just get in. And do, you know, I mean, just, just all, but I can remember, what I, I hear my dad's voice. And it was like, yeah, 
right? Just get pumped up. And the reason why I'm being so dramatic right now is because this is, this is who Paul's writing about. Like there, there are these, there's these saints in the grandstand of heaven and they're cheering you on. And I love what Pastor Ashley talked about, how we know how this game ends. Like we win in the end. That's what's awesome. Like, could, could you imagine if you played on a team and you were out there and you already knew that you were going to win? How would you play? A whole lot more loose, right? I mean, I would just toy with my, this is over, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I got this. This is done. And I think someone in here needs to hear this today. That you don't fully grasp the reality that we already know who wins this game. And so you live life like toiling, right? Because you think the defense, which is the enemy, has the upper hand. And you've bought into this lie that he is overcoming you. And you've bought into this lie that you're losing. What I want you to know is today, if you can begin to grasp the reality and the simple truth that you're on the winning team today, I'm telling you, you will be able to toy with the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like cross him up, you know, roll his ankle up and just, man, I don't even, right? Because it's not even your battle. It's not even, you know what I'm saying? Jesus is, that's. So let's, let's get back here to the text here. I mean, it's, it's incredible what Paul's describing here. And so last week we talked about Samson. You talk about, in fact, I had to, we had to reread it, Ashley and I, because I was like, are you sure Samson is part of the hero, the giants of the faith? I'm like, that dude's life was all screwed up, man. And I loved how she unpacked it. If you weren't here last week, make sure you get online, watch that teaching on the life of Samson, the, the hero. I mean, it's just, it's so, so encouraging. And so today I want to talk about another one that I had to kind of like reread because I was like, no way, there's, no way, he's part, true, true story. Noah, do you remember Noah? I want to talk for a couple of minutes here on Noah. And Hebrews 11, verse 7, kind of sets it up for us. This is what it says here. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with the faith. The whole idea of this series is if, what would it, what would it look like if one of these heroes of the faith, in the middle of all that screaming, came down out of the grandstand and maybe caught you in mid-jog and began to pour themselves into you, encouraging you, giving you little nuggets based on what they walked through in their life. And so we talked about that with Samson. Today, we're going to talk about what it would look like if Noah just gave you some nuggets as you were in the middle of one of your laps. And, and I believe the theme of what he would give us is that you can make a difference. I, I just feel like if, if he had kind of like a thesis statement <laughs> to what he wanted to deliver, it would be you, ma'am, you, sir, you can make a difference. But it's not enough for us to just hear that we can make a difference. Knowing Noah's story, I truly believe he would break it down for us. And that's what we're going to do today. I want to look at three lessons that I believe Noah would give us from his life as a hero of the faith that will help us realize that one person 
can make a difference. So here's the first one. Write this down. Number one, you can make a difference in God's plan. Now, notice I didn't say your plan. (laughs) You can make a difference when you are connected to his plan. The way that he set it all up was that you and I would be facilitators of his blueprint. Now, that's pretty awesome that the God of the universe includes broken JF in his plan. Now, I can step into it or I don't have to, but I'm telling you, he wants to facilitate his plan through you today. And we're seeing this even with Noah. Let's go to the text in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. You can make a difference in God's plan. It says this, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. Now, underline this next section. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Doesn't it kind of feel like that today? Now watch. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. Verse 8. But, someone say but. I'm grateful for buts in the Bible. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, um, you don't have to be a Christian. You could be an atheist if you want, but you know this story, all right? Like every, there's, everybody knows this story or a version of this story. There's stories of great floods throughout all kinds of different faiths and tra- traditions, etc. But the gist of the story is that God was upset here and he chooses Noah and his Three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I'm getting hungry just talking about Ham right now. Um, and, their, and, 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 their, and their wives and kids and the whole team, the whole Noah crew. And he tells Noah, build, build this ark because there's a flood coming. I'm wiping the humanity off the face of the earth, everything with it. And you're going you're gonna to go on that boat and, and everything's going to die, but you're going to be the beginning of something brand new. And you're going to be a part of my plan. It's exactly what happens here in this story. And the question is why? Why, why wouldn't God just do it himself? Why, why did he even bring Noah into He's God. He could have just killed everybody and started, started right back from the beginning. And, and the answer to that question is, is because God is a God of his word. Yeah. He, 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 is a, he is a word keeper. He, he committed from the beginning to work in and through, human, through humanity and through relationship with humans, bringing heaven to earth. That was his plan from the very beginning, to bring his will here and now. And he is faithful to his 
word. Look at this passage of Scripture, 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Ezekiel 22, verses 30. I'm going to read this one out of the New uh, Living Translation. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. So God has this master plan and his will is that you would help fulfill it. What, what an honor that is. So number one, you can make a difference in God's plan and, and Noah tapped into this reality. Here's, here's the second thought that I have for you. And that is, you do make a difference in your people. There it is on the screen. You do make a difference in your people for the good, but, but also for the bad. I, I want to say something right now. Some of you, oh, I don't, I don't have to make a difference in anybody's life. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, don't raise your hands, but have you ever said something, um, I don't know, colorful? And two weeks later, you hear your six-year-old say the same thing? <laughs> right? I mean, little ears. <laughs> my, my, my grandfather would say, little ears are listening, right? But man, you're, you're, you're constantly making a difference in people's lives. Just the way it goes. I was uh, thinking about this this week, you know. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity of going to Calcutta, India, where my great um, uncle, uh, Mark Buntain, started an incredible work about 50 years ago for the Lord and pioneered a, a hospital and one of the poorest places on planet Earth and built a church. And a couple of years ago, I had an invitation to go and, and, and preach in the church that he helped pioneer. And I told the first service, I was up there, probably may have been the worst sermon I ever preached because I was just so emotional. Like I was, and I was just like, open your Bible, John chapter two. I mean, I was just so, I was overwhelming to see the work of what God did over the course of several decades. And, and we got done with that. I'm just bubbling the whole, the whole time. And, 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 and I asked one of the people that were helping out if I could go see his best friend's work. And it just so happened that Mark Buntain's best friend was Mother Teresa. In fact, I went there and I, and I got to visit the, the uh, Missionaries of Charity, the organization that she founded. And, and in fact, she's actually buried in a tomb, like in the actual like living quarters and stuff. And, and I got to go in her, her, own, her bedroom that she lived in for like 50 plus years, little tiny you kind of get in there and you're like, all right, time to go to sleep now. You know what I mean? It was just like this little box. And she just gave her life to India. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just cry I am just, I cried for like a week straight. You know what I mean? And, and it was just so impactful. And I was just thinking about the impact, the difference she made on not just Christians, but humanity in general to the point where she received a Nobel Peace Prize. But then I was reminded, even thinking about it this week, that she never had a Twitter handle. Like, like she never, like, I don't think she ever went on TBN. Like she never had a website. Like she, she just made a decision that she heard from God to serve the person in front of her. And she taught an entire generation of people what it looks like to serve where Jesus is the least of these. And I was thinking about just the difference she made, but it, it wasn't some grand ministry that she was planning on building, you know? 
And I was reminded by the Holy Spirit, like, Jeff, you can do that too. Like, like you, you, can, you can have that same impact on people. And I was really encouraged by that. And, and uh, if we keep reading here, look at this. It says in verse 18 of chapter 6, God says, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. Here's the thought with that text right there. The whole family was saved because of the life of Noah. Do you hear what I'm saying here? What I'm saying here is this whole family was saved, like physically saved, not because of their actions, but because of their old man's actions. He had an impact on the whole squad. And you could take it a step further that they actually got on the boat because they were instructed by their father. He didn't line them up with a, with a machine gun and say, hey, you're getting on this boat, right? He, no, they responded because they had that much respect for their father and they believed that he had heard from God. And the reason why God saves the whole family is because of the life of Noah. You can have an impact on people around you. Now, now look at this. Fast, well, that's the Old Testament, Jeff. Okay, let me fast forward to the New Testament. Acts chapter 16, verses 29 through 31. Paul and Silas in jail. You remember this story? It's an earthquake. They're singing. There's an earthquake. Jail starts to crumble. Chains come off. Look at this. It says, the jailer called for the lights. There's this earthquake going on. Freaking out. The jailer called for the lights. Rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your entire household. And the original language, that translates better to uh, your sphere of influence. Like believe in Jesus, start pursuing Jesus, and you're going, your sphere of influence, you're going to have an impact on them. Like, like what he's doing in your life, whether you're preaching to them or whether you're inviting them to church, that, that's, that's awesome, but it's irrelevant. They will start seeing the fruit of your life and, and it, will, it will impact them for the good. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that just, they're just living for Jesus and their family started watching them. I, I have so many times and, they, and, they, and they, through this process of just watching that, they ended up, giving their lives to Christ. And they'll sit in front of me and say, I didn't do anything, Jaya. Like I didn't, I said, yeah, you did. You didn't, you didn't realize. But you were actually doing all kinds of stuff. The Holy Spirit was working through you that entire process. So if you're here today, you say, Jeff, oh, you know, my, my relationship with the Lord is private. I, I don't want to, you know, it's a, just between, I don't want to be a, it's a private thing. No, it's not, man. It isn't a private thing. I'm telling you, they, people know. They know. And man, when you wave the, be, the flag of Jesus, they know that much more. So you can, you can receive that and go, well, I don't want that. Or you can embrace it and say, wow, look at this sphere of influence I have. Man, what, what can I do for you, Lord? You're entrusting me with these people. I, I could go on a whole tangent is what I'm saying here. Are you with me? Look at this. So, so 
so he lay, so God lays out Noah's assignment for him. Now look, look at this. This is the part that most of us know. But here's what scripture says. Verse 19 and 20. God says to Noah, you are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures. I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail here, but I, I have had people, how could you get all those, all the animals in the world on the one boat? Well, well, two, 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 some versions say um, uh, two of every kind, meaning like you don't have to have like 48 different, uh, you know, uh, genres of dogs. You just need one dog, right? I mean, so, so I just, I, you know what, man, I'm not going to put God in a box. All right. I just believe that like, I believe this literally happened. And, and I just believe it. I, I just believe that he's bigger than my little puny brain. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I'll just leave that there, okay? So he says, you are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And I just believe if Noah came down to that grandstand, caught you in mid-stride on the track, I just believe that he would remind us that your salvation is not your assignment. It's the beginning. Okay? Get your pen out and write that down. That's so good. That is so good. I'm telling you. I believe that he would say that your salvation, that's not your assignment. That's the beginning. Like, like, that's like the whoosh. Like the, that's like the, the pop and you take off. Like, that's just the beginning of it. Because here's the thing. This family, they weren't, they, they, they weren't saved just to preserve. They were saved to produce. I'm telling you, you were not saved to simply just preserve yourself. You were saved to fulfill Matthew 28, to live it out, to go and to do what? Make disciples, to reproduce yourself. So if you're a plumber in here today, I'm telling you, you've got a sphere of influence. There's a lot of people that need you, Okay. And so you've got an audience all the time, all right? If you're a stay-at-home dad, man, you, got, you don't have just your kids. you got play dates and all kinds of other kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you're a teacher, if you're a real estate aide, whatever you are, you have a sphere of influence. And we are called, whether you're doing it or not right now intentionally, we are called to reproduce ourselves. So don't tell me. You can, but I'm going to encourage you. We sit down at Starbucks that you don't have any purpose in life. I'm telling you, you do. Man, almost every person on the stage who is leading worship today, that's not even their profession. They don't get paid to do it. They work all kinds of different jobs, right? I'm telling you, there's all kinds of ways to live out this reality here. You can make a difference when you tap in to his plan. You can make a difference in your people, your sphere of influence. And here's the third one as the band comes back, and that is, you will make a difference with his promises. That's a good one. You will make a difference, notice I didn't say with our, <laughs> with his promises, you will make a difference with his promises. And I just believe, JF, real quick. Oh, hey, Noah, what's up? I, I just believe this is, this, is, this, is, this is an area that he would really double down on. And I believe that he would say this with this thought in mind, and that is, my obedience wasn't this one-time thing, this one-time event, JF. Because, because here, here's the reality. You have to understand, and you can read it for yourself in the scriptures or study 
ancient manuscripts, like, like, like these people had never seen a boat before, let alone a cruise ship, you know, massive boat, number one. Number two, it had never rained yet. Here's Noah saying it's going to rain and flood. And they're like, what's rain? You're saying there's going to be water that comes up from up, wait, up, 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 right? And the other thought that I had too, like, this whole ark thing wasn't like a weekend warrior, HGTV, do-it-yourself kind of thing. Scripture says that it took 120 years of constant ridicule, of being mocked, being laughed at. So here's Noah. Can you imagine that? Like, God, Lord, it's been 80 years, man. It's like, I thought this was going to be like a couple of weeks, you know, like just being real. Like, could you just, a couple drops would be great. Just a couple, just give them a little, just kind of whet their appetite. No pun intended, okay? Like, please, 120 years of this. And then they get on the boat. And scripture says like some 300 plus Days are out there, man. Just like, it's like, are you kidding me? Those smells and the, I mean, like, the fa- you can just imagine, like, Ham and Shem and Japheth's kids. Like, are we going to get, man, I, I mean, man, driving from, from my house to Gig Harbor with my kids. It's like, does anyone have any kids that you drive in the car with? It's like, are we there? Like, we've been in the car for four minutes, son, you know? And I can just imagine, man, 300 days of, horse manure, all this kind of stuff. And you can just imagine the family saying, man, are you sure we're ever going to get out of this thing? I, I believe that he would say that, that my obedience wasn't like this, like this moment where it just all was like, bang, 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 it all happened. No, no, no. It was like this long, arduous, drawn out process. And, and I hope that encourages someone in here today. Because I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to know that you have been called to something. That thing that he whispered to you five years ago or five months ago, it's still a part of the plan. <laughs> you, you, you feel like it's not working out because your timetable isn't, isn't the same as his. And how many of you know I just, I just prefer to be on his timetable, right? But I'm just saying, like, so Noah would say, say to you, like, his promises for you, most of the time, this is just my experiences, like aren't instantaneously. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a journey. It's waking up every day and just continue to stay obedient, continue to love the Lord, continue to do what he's called you to do. And, and those desires that scripture talks about, like they're going to come to pass, right? But you have to be aligned with his promises for you and and, and so, so look at the scripture here. This is what God says. We're going to close here. It says, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will, will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between you and every living creature with you. A covenant, that word covenant, it's a promise. So, a promise for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the promise between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth 
and the rainbow appears in the clouds. Watch this and underline it. I will remember my promise between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. And whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant, the everlasting promise between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. Wait a second. So the rainbow is so God remembers. I mean, when you read throughout scripture, there's all kinds of monuments, if you will, that God instructs his people, the Israelites, to put together to remember what he did for them. But here, God is saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put something in the sky called a rainbow so that whenever I see it, I will remember the promise that I'm making with you that this is never gonna happen again. And I was, I was, I was thinking about that this week. Ash, my wife and I, Ashley, were talking through that and it was like, what is that all about? And we landed on the reality that it's, it's, it's in how the rainbow is created. Now, I don't know if there's any folks in here with uh, meteorologists, probably not. But man, like my understanding, my very basic science knowledge is that the way a rainbow is created is when light shines through water, which creates this illusion of a rainbow. And I got to thinking this week that whenever God allows his light to shine through those areas in our life that were previously caused destruction, there's beauty in it. Meaning the areas of your life that you look back, your story, your pain, your divorce, your addictions, all of that stuff. That when God's light is able to shine through those areas of your life that were once meant for destruction, I'm telling you there's beauty in that. And that can change not only you, but somebody else. It's a beautiful thing. What might have been meant for destruction in the past, when you allow the light of the Lord to shine through it, it's a symbol of his covenant that he made with us to never again flood the earth, never again to cause that destruction on humanity and his creation. And I'm grateful for that today. It's not about your sin but it's about his solution for your life. You can make a difference in God's plan. I just, what's up? I just, I, I just, I could hear him saying it. JF, you can make a difference when you align yourself with his plan. He wants to facilitate his plan through you. Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. You, 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 you and him combined, I mean, you're gonna do greater things than I ever did. We read the ascension into heaven. I was telling the first service. It's like the point, the reason why we're here is to replicate ourselves, to make disciples. And Jesus is just ascending up into heaven. And he's he saying this. I can just imagine about 10 feet off the ground. Go and make disciples. You know, teaching them how to live, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the whole. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if I just started ascending, like if I started levitating right now? you guys would all be wanting to hear what I have to say, right? I mean, like, I, am I right? Like, I'm just like, 
hey guys, I have one last thing to say. You're like, okay, whatever you, whatever you say, right? This, that would never happen to me, but I'm saying, this is what happens. With, and Jesus is like, his, the last thing he's saying to us, his disciples, is the, the work that I've done in you, it's in you now. I'm inside of you now. Now go do it to somebody else. Be that for somebody else. This is 100%. Yeah. So this morning, I encourage, this, was a, this is a 100% encouragement today. Someone needed to hear this. Maybe you're here today and you've walked in here and, and you love God, but you've been riding the pine because you've, you've bought into this lie that, no, that's, when I, when I hear giants of the faith, heroes of the faith, I can't be connected to that. No, you can't. You can't. And not only can you, that's the expectation as followers of Jesus. All right, would you bow your heads as we close? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.